Hello and welcome to How to Wow, episode 88. Today's recording from last year's Starfest Podcast 15. Carfest is a not-for-profit well-being music food superstar and motorcar festival that has so far raised circa £25 million for UK children's charities. Check out what's happening this year by going to carfest.org. Carfest.org, that is, where you'll see our best ever lineup of guests, hosts, and rock and rollers, yet many of them staying with us the whole weekend, including the likes of Richard Hammond, Rob Brydon, Jimmy Carr, Lee Mack, Bryony Gordon, Eddie Izzard, Rick Astley, Craig David, Russell and Laura Brand, Texas McFly, the actual village people, Alex Horn, Angela Hartnett, Matt Tebbett, Michael Keynes, Atul Kutcher, Freya Ridings, Ben Miller, Dr. Rungan Chatterjee, Dr. Reapy, the happy pair, Melanie Sykes, the feelings, Sophie Ellis Baxter, Razorlight, Gokwan Reef, the bootleg Beatles, and only Peter Flipping Andre, plus all the amazing car content, of course. Go to carfest.org now and come join us this August bank holiday weekend. All right, from that very event, let's cue a conversation, a fascinating conversation with Chaparak Kasandi, Harriet Thorpe, Ronnie Ancona and Sally Phillips. All absolutely hilarious and brilliant and deep in conversation with our very own Rachel Horn, discussing their roles, lives and careers, making it in all they've made it in, including film, TV and stand-up. Now, please welcome Rachel Horn. Hello. Hi, Carfest. How are you? Now, listen, you are my kind of people. It's four o'clock on a Friday and you're already here. You're organised. But be honest, how many of you have left somebody else to set up the tent? Oh, there's only one honest person over there. I like you. You delegate. Very good. Now, I am absolutely thrilled today to be sat here in front of you with these four incredibly intelligent, fabulous human beings. Give a huge round of applause for Chaparak Corsandi, Harriet Thorpe, Ronnie Ancona and Sally Phillips. Now, ladies, we all know who you are, but if you were to meet somebody from another planet, because they'd have to be from another planet to not know who you are, how would you describe yourself and why you're so well-known, Sally? Goodness. Um, uh, Well, I would say there's two types of funny. There's very witty, and then there's people who walk into walls and fall down wells. I'm I'm the second kind. And... (laughs) People like to watch that because they like to see other people suffer. <laughs> Fair enough. Ronnie? Oh, blimey. Well, I don't, I, I'm not quite sure what I am, but I suppose I'm a kind of, I, I describe myself as an impressionist um, actress, writer. And however, I hope one of those titles sticks today. The other however, thing you need to know about Ronnie is she can take a Rolls Royce apart and put it back together again in about three hours. But only with my tongue. <laughs> It's a straight thing. So how that works is that I tell people I'm an actress. They laugh. I go home and write about it and then pretend to be someone else. It's tragic. (laughs) Quite tragic. Harriet, why do we know you? I think my first memory is trying to make my little sister laugh. And that feeling when she did was so wonderful. I knew my destination. I'm not here for my health. I'm here to show off. <laughs> and Shaprak. 
Thank you. Um, thank you for the opportunity. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm some kind of comedian and I write things and um, say yes to a lot of things. And like you, I performed when I was a kid for my parents' uh, friends. I did impressions of Margaret Thatcher pretty much exclusively. <laughs> so I have to thank her for my career. <laughs> Sorry. Chappie, I remember meeting you back in 2006. You were up in Edinburgh doing Asylum Speaker and that was the year that things really took off for you. What difference did that Edinburgh run make? And do you think Edinburgh still has the same sort of impact on comedians' careers? Yeah, um, so comedy nowadays, comedy back then when I started in the 90s was live on the circuit. And then if you had a good Edinburgh, then you had a chance to tour. And the massive difference that that made me was that I could tour because enough people got to know me because that show was a big hit. And um, that, yeah, it kind of makes you a bit more noticed. And I, I let the whole thing nosedive a few years after because I'm humble. <laughs> but do you think Edinburgh is still the same launch platform for comedians? Like if you knew somebody now in their 20s, really ambitious, would you tell them to go to Edinburgh? I'd say to go definitely for the social. Um, and also to go because it's really important to watch other comics. Too many younger, younger, newer comics aren't obsessed with stand-up. And I don't understand why you'd want to do it if you weren't obsessed with it. And I think back when I was younger, it was cheaper to go. It was cheaper to be, um, it was easier there were squats, basically, um, and easier to get financial aid from the government if you're young and unemployed and an artist. That's gone. So um, people are kind of making a name for themselves on the internet and then going to live. So that's an odd situation because they haven't learned the nuts and bolts of how to perform live, but they have a big following. And the danger with that is, are they still going to follow you if they love you online, but they see that you can't hold a crowd for an hour? So let's see. Now, Harriet... The British yes. Empire, yes. absolutely fabulous. Some yes. of the most iconic, legendary comedy programs we have. But we were chatting earlier and you just suddenly dropped the bomb that you grew up in Hollywood. I did. I started my life in North London. And one day I came back from my North London State Primary School and my mother said, oh, next week we're going to Los Angeles. I said, okay. That's because my mother was a writer. She wrote a book in the 1960s, which was about working class boys who fell in love. It's called The Leather Boys, when it was still illegal to be gay. And she was a voice for people who didn't have a voice. And she wrote the movie that started her movie career. And I'm from North London, I was suddenly in Beverly Hills and our school had an ice cream machine and it was fabulous. And um, I, she'd say things like, oh, darling, we're going to Jack's for brunch on Sunday. I was like, okay, Jack Lemon. 
I was eight, what did I know? But I grew up playing on the back lots. And to me, it was normal. And the wonderful thing about comedy, being in the arts, it's a world of acceptance. And that's the most important thing I've learned. We're all together. And you've done every aspect from TV to, to dance to the West End. You were in the Royal School of Ballet? I was, at, yeah, indeed, I was at the Royal Ballet School till the girls got too big. Couldn't get them into a tutu, not without ropes and pulleys, not going to fit. So I'm on my knees with the G-force now, obviously. But um, no, so I stopped dancing. I can still do the splits, but I'm not paid enough here. Um, well, maybe I'll show you later. Um, but uh, yes, it's performing. And it doesn't matter what you do. It's that instinct to connect, to share a story, which we do all the time. And that's part of our culture. Now, Ronnie, I remember chatting to you on The Breakfast Show. And something you said has always really stuck with me. You talked about how in the UK, you can get really pigeonholed as you're either an actor or you're a comedian or you're an impressionist. Whereas in the States, it's much more open. You can sort of flip between each of them. How has that been for you? Um, well, no, it is true. You're very much um, boxed. And I spent an inordinate amount of time saying, I'm not just a voice whore, you know. I'm a proper comedy actress. And everybody looks really disappointed and then I end up doing Ruby Wax or something. So I am a voice whore, but not under, but under, you know, duress. No, I think in, in America, they're much more, you're expected to have a lot of, like a musician has a lot of kind of tools in their box. Over here, you know, you do get very boxed and then people get very um, puzzled when they don't, versatility doesn't seem to be, a, a thing so it's a bit weird your, pro your problem this is sorry the microphone's really freaking me out and um, your problem Ronnie is you're too good basically if you were worse at impressions people would think you were Michael Sheen and well, give you leading roles well Sally but Phillips I'm honoured you said that true. because I know she does the right. best Olivia Coleman impression please outside please who wants to Coleman. hear it please. come on I let's do it said to her come on because I'm, to be honest, I'm getting a tiny bit sick of it now. She is. I said, <laughs> she hates you it. should teach all of Carfest how to do Olivia Coleman. She hates Would on. you like to learn? Come on. Okay. All right. So that's extraordinary. <laughs> so generous of me to rent her out like this. <laughs> Can I just say it's all going to be a little bit weird because we're hearing ourselves. So it's Olivia Coleman and her, her identical twin because I'm hearing myself. Back. A bit away from okay. Okay. okay, okay, yes, bit, 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 is that better? Right, we're all going to do Olivia Coleman. Right, okay, right, right. Now, the thing about Olivia Coleman is she only says things in five words, last word, very quick. Um, I'm also, I'm very, it's very difficult with the mic. It's thing. the reverb. It's the reverb. Yes, yeah. I'm a very versatile actress. I can play the queen and also I can play a detective. Uh, Philip, look after the corgi's body on the beach. Uh, so what you all have to do to do Olivia Coleman. Right, come on, everyone. First, the teeth. Teeth out. Teeth out, ladies teeth and gents. Out. Teeth out. Teeth out. Teeth, teeth out. Good. Yes. Teeth out. Um, 
You have to be very self-deprecating and say, wow. Wow. Oh, yes, I've also won an Oscar, a BAFTA, and a Girl Guide Service Flash. Yes, and but I used to be a cleaner. So you could be very self-deprecating. And then you don't actually string a sentence together just like that. Come on, everybody, just one word at a time. We're doing it. Go on, you two. Carfest. Yes. We are all at at Carfest. You're all at Carfest. Lovely to be here. All at Carfest. Lovely to be here. Wonder Max, would you have a go? We're all at Carfest. Lovely to be here. Woo! Okay, everybody, all together. One, two, three. We're all at Carfest. Lovely, Lovely to be, to be here. here. It's I like she's in the room. <laughs> Can I just ask a quick question? You said, people really are, the you said people are boxed. I only play psychotic women. What are you saying? Um, that's very difficult because when I ever do anything, I play drunk and also psychotic. So I feel that we have the same thing. I only ever used to be standing on the doorstep watching all the other actors bathed in love and light. I'd ring the doorbell, pissed, ruin everyone's life and then leave the scene. But it's the best thing, darling. You get all the attention. Get on, stun them, get off. But you know, my, my theory is that um, only nice people can play evil characters. Because it's always the people who play every man and every woman who are, like, a bit, you know, <laughs> psychotic. What are you trying to say, Sally? <laughs> well, no, I don't know. I just think that, you know, the people you hear about having, you know, ego issues tend to be the nice. man next door actor types. Hello. Whereas Hi. the big psycho people are just fantastic. Harriet is one. I'll take that. I'll pay you later. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> now, Sally and Ronnie, you guys obviously get on very well. You're friends. No. <laughs> you run a production company together. How did you first meet each other? And tell us what the production company's up to. I think we met each other in Goblin's Wine Bar in Balham at around 1995. I think it was 1754. <laughs> But nice try. <laughs> yeah, we do, you were just starting to do impressions. I was just, yes, starting to do impressions and getting people getting very pissed off with me in those days. I remember Joe Brand saying, I can't believe, what are you doing? Why are you, what are you doing? I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, it's great because you are actually in a mental hospital that Joe, when Joe Brand was still working as a psychiatric nurse. I was. <laughs> I have that dubious claim to fame. <laughs> That's why her impression is so good. And in the next room was Ruby Wax. I know. It was the poster girl for mental health. My tip is to you, you have to just stay happy. Don't dwell on your mistakes. Basically, be Boris Johnson. <laughs> Ronnie, you've got to give us some more. How about Lorraine Kelly? Can I just say that this is very difficult with this? Mic? There's an echo. Shall we see if we can do anything about the echo in a minute with the speakers? Anyone? And we will continue to chat. Yes, caller. So... Harriet, how did you make your first breakthrough? I was 
just in rep theatre, which doesn't really exist anymore. Every town had a theatre, everyone went to the theatre, but it was a hundred years ago, darlings, because I've got free travel. Yes, I'm 65. Just saying. Thank you. Thank you. That's probably my son. Okay. <laughs> but I think my first break was just working. And I say yes to everything. Because work breeds work. And I love every job that I do. And would that be your advice to anybody trying to get into the industry today? Yes. So just say yes. And the other thing is, go where you're wanted, not where you want. That's the deal. Now, Shaparaka, when did you realize that this world of performance was what you wanted to be part of? Um, well, I was in the Muppet Show were my happy place. And when you said about acceptance, that's what the Muppet Show was. So when I was four or five, we'd just moved to England from Iran. And I remember just height, just squeezing myself under the table with a big cassette tape recorder of the Muppet album and hearing Kermit sing The Rainbow Connection and these chickens and pigs and other unidentified animals all being in this theatre and I thought that's that's where I belong so this world was the nearest I could find to The Muppet Show, but I wanted to be an actor, talking about pigeonholing, but from a very young age, these were different times. I thought, with the way I look, the only job I'd ever get would be on EastEnders going, but I don't want an arranged marriage. So I thought I've got to make my own fortunes and write my own stuff. There we are. And you did. I did. Uh, just to say, can we all just uh, not keep coming forward at the minute? We're going to let you all come forward uh, it, when we're done. It's just a okay. stage they're going through. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Ronnie. Yes. Take a bow. Win-win. <laughs> now, we mentioned the production company, Captain Dolly. Where, did that, where was that born? Was it over a bottle of wine in the Goblin Bar? <laughs> A bottle of wine. Okay. What do you suggest? Lightweight. I think we'd had a couple of cases by then. No, we didn't get to work together because women in comedy don't get to work with each other very much. Um, I, I think I've been luckier than anyone else here, really, in terms of the amount of women I've got to work with. But we were in a film together about four years ago. And Ronnie and I like to concentrate on, in the main, solid two-star movies. <laughs> British comedies, you know. <laughs> if we get a script that's coo too good, I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that goes straight in the bin. In the bin. Shred it, we say. Shred, Shred it. it. Give, it to, that give it to Olivia Colman, we say. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. We like to do things where we can get creative and improvise a bit to try and rescue the thing. And slacked so off we... in the reviews. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's we, what we we're after. That. We like to be spanked by Peter Bradshaw with his <laughs> long work, with his polysyllable paddle. So, <laughs> Okay, just taking a pause to tell you about AG1, also supporting this particular podcast. AG1, I'm asked all the time about the one thing I do to take care of my health. If I could pick only just one product, it would be foundational nutrition and AG1. AG1 is a top foundational nutrition product. I can't think of any other daily routine that pays off as well as AG1, according to people that I really look up to who really know their stuff. AG1 is recommended by such luminaries as Rich Roll, the amazing professor, Dr. Andrew Schieberman. 
Tim Ferriss and our one, our only Dr. Rangan Chatterjee. AG1 was created in 2010 and has helped millions of mornings begin on a healthier foundation ever since. My wife takes it, I take it, even our 14-year-old son Noah takes it now. He swears by it. AG1 is not only a high-quality all-in-one solution for daily foundational nutrition, it also saves you time, confusion and money compared to individual supplements that can add up to a small fortune. AG1 replaces your multivitamin, probiotic and much more in one simple drink habit AG1 is great bang for my buck as it replaces a lot of these other supplements like a daily multivitamin minerals pre and probiotics for my gut health adaptogens and a greens blend literally all in one scoop of powder I think there's 75 different supplements in each scoop science driven formulation of vitamins probiotics and whole food source nutrients AG1 is raising the standard for quality in the supplement category just one daily serving gives me the comprehensive foundational nutrition I need Go to drinkag1.com slash how to wow. That's drinkag1.com slash how to wow. Give it a go. Check it out. Let us know how it lands. And now back to the wow. So um, we were on a, you know, less than brilliant movie together and given free reign by the producer to improvise. And he thought we were good and funny. And then he said, I will... All, I will give you a kingdom in the world of film. You can have your own office. You can have your own production company. All you need to do for me is write a movie about dogs. Okay, so it's any players or just dogs. It's the palm palm dog. So there is actually genuinely an award for the best canine performance at the Cannes Film Festival, which is called the Palm Dog Award. You should tell the ladies and gentlemen that the big, in case you don't know, the big award in Cannes is the Palm Door. The Palm Door, the, the Golden palm, palm Dog. This is the Palm Dog. And we thought we were we were going to present the Palm Door until we got there and were heckled by some dogs. <laughs> we, pre- we did actually present the Palm Dog to Quentin Tarantino um, for the... Dog was actually three dogs in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, so that was exciting. But um, you know what? We discovered quite soon that it's really hard to write a decent movie about dogs. And since then, we've got 20 other projects up and running. I thought she was going to say problems, and that would also have been accurate. (laughs) (laughs) No, Ronnie, I'm going to send you up the far end so you can do some impressions of us, because I think the... The reverb you're hearing, we can't change it down here. But I think if you stand up there and I'm going to shout... That is Rachel's way of evicting me from the panel. (laughs) I've heard that before. Your time is up, Ronnie. Please leave the stage. Just go. We want to hear you. We Come on. We need to hear the impression. So head up there and I'm going to shout some names. <laughs> and then we could do a Margaret Thatcher off. I love you know I do. Is making you know I don't talk do like Thatcher. this. I know. Yes. This Margaret is the walk Thatcher. of shame. I've never... I've the walk never of shame. Too, clearly. The walk of shame. Has she All gone right, far Ronnie, enough? are you ready? Can you hear yourself? I can. Still? Yes. How oh, about no, try better. me and Nigella? It's a bit better. Oh, Nigella. Yeah, okay. go. Let's yeah, think. Uh, the thing about Nigella is that she, um, everything she makes has to be over complex. Even at, with breakfast, making, you know, 
She's, oh, I love bread. It's the essence of life. It's so primal, so Neanderthal. And when it's cooked, it's called toast. <laughs> Give me your Kirsty walk. And a Kirsty walk. I can still hear myself, by the way. So it was very incoherent up and down. I love doing, welcome to Newsnight. I love doing Newsnight because I can actually see Newsnight and nobody will notice. <laughs> what about Melania Trump? I think. Rachel, I'm still having a few bits of problems. I'm in danger of coming across just as a very bad impressionist. No, you're brilliant. Isn't she brilliant, everyone? You sound fantastic. We're loving it. Come you on, sound brilliant. keep going. But that's the point I'm making, Ronnie. It's good if you're bad, then you're Michael Sheen. Yes. yes. Get worse. And uh, not Melanie, it's great. Uh, Donald is great. I am doing my bit for the environment. I know that everyone is going to go green, but I am going to, to stay orange. <laughs> uh, what about a Jean Harlow? Oh, who remembers? Well, Jean Harlow was the old... Um, 1930s actress who used to talk really, really quickly. Does anyone remember those movies? They're all too young here. Let's educate them. Okay. I'll talk how I reach. I'll talk how I write rich you talk, and you're not gonna stop me. But Melvin, no, rich you. You hear me out for a while. You see him interfering. I can't do it. I can't hear myself. <laughs> Everybody, big round of applause. That's it. Okay, I'll do it again. I got a time. Hang on, let me do it probably. I'll talk all like Richard Hawkinson. You're not gonna stop me. But Madeline, no, Rich, you hear me out for a while. You see him interfering? Well, maybe I'm. But that doesn't mean to so I have the, my first virtual problems too. Well, I'm tired, Rick. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this. Cusiva, multiple. I'm tired of telling you how tired I am. But Madeline, don't you see? Don't you see? The man I married, he would have taken this line down. He would have been down the union by now. Funny for what he knows is right and all it knows is true and all those these things that were fighting. Woo! Impossible, can't do it. Can't do it. Absolute queen of impressions. Cheer again for Ronnie. Woo! Come back and join Woo! us on the hair bales. Can I just just do a little bit of Jennifer Saunders oh, for right. Harriet? Jennifer and I and Dawn were all at drama school together. And so we've known each other for <clears throat> 40 blah years. Um, so go on then, if you dare. Don't actually open my mouth. No, I don't. I don't. What's the problem with that? Do you have a problem with that? Sensational. <laughs> and uh, do it. Just to top off our impressions, I believe that Chaparak, you do quite a good Sally Phillips. I can try. I can try to do it. What? Well, I just thought oh, Judas. <laughs> well, I was just thinking that when you talk, your head's always very still, and you walk, talk just with your mouth, never with your arms, and there's always this grin that will be there whether you're saying "Hi, it's great to meet you," or "I hate you. I wish you were dead." It's. <laughs> 
It's with this. Hey, are we still friends? No. no. <laughs> That's not what I sound like. So what do I sound like? No, of course not. I'm not a professional impressionist. But can I just say that Sally um, does the most brilliant Miriam Margulies. Yes, come on. Go on. Brilliant. No, I, I don't do a brilliant Miriam. It's just I did a film with her last year and she said this to me. She said, are you all right? And I said, yeah, I'm fine. Oh, I'm just not wearing any makeup. She said, ah, some people need to wear makeup. <laughs> I don't. You do. Now, is there anybody out there who has a question they would like to ask one of these amazing people? Hand up. Can I see anybody? Yes, here we go. Tell us your name and address your question eight. I thought it was name and address for a second. Uh, my name's Mike. Um, uh, during lockdown, I was lucky enough to go to a uh, COVID uh, online um, Zoom gig that Shappy did. It was really, really good. And I just wondered, do you think that experience for comics has had any lasting effect? Has it changed the way that they approach the audiences other than being relieved that you're out of your houses, of course? That's a very good question because at first the Zoom gigs um, made me feel sad because you have a lovely time with people and then you turn it off and it's just you on your own in your front room with your laptop and you think, what must my neighbours have thought? Because our walls are quite thin. So Shappy's not well, she's talking to herself. Um, but then what I realised was there were loads of people watching my shows. Where are you? Oh, hello. Um, that can't, for various reasons, get out to watch comedy. Either they live there somewhere remote or they physically can't um, get out. And then, um, then, then it made it feel like that's amazing that we can do that. It's not the same, obviously, but I still do them because there are... Um, uh, streaming, like Next Up Comedy, for example, they stream shows so people who can't get out to clubs can sit and um, watch them at home. So it, it sort of, because initially, I'll be really honest with you, um, in lockdown, some other comics and I were just talking and they said, well, we just have to learn to do what we do online. I was like, well, no, I'll learn to be a plasterer. Um, genuinely, I plastered my own ceiling. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, my bathroom ceiling. Well, my son said, what I, my boy, I can impersonate my boy. He goes, yeah, I mean, a lot of things around our house, it's obvious that you did them. I mean, they work, but like all our handles pull up. So I was going to do DIY stuff, but then I, I, I didn't. And then now that you're out, then I started going out thinking, oh, it's really nice being at home. So I think I answered someone's question. Might not have been yours, but thank you. I think you. there's two oh. types of uh, people during lockdown. There were those smug bastards who said, I'm going to use this time to read all of Dickens or learn Spanish. And then there was the other group, which I think I was a member of, going, how am I going to get through this without killing my husband? And did you? He's, still He's just had an operation yesterday. 
All right, has anybody else got a question they would like to ask? Oh, yeah, over there. We got a microphone person. Yes, we do. They're on their way. It's like challenge and Hello. Hello, there's a question for Sally. Um, Sally, we're over here. We're over here. Um, Sally, I used to teach in South London and we had a guitar teacher called Richard who used to come to talk Please to us. Please don't mention his name here. <laughs> Sorry, uh, when I say Richard, I mean <laughs> Damien. But yeah. he said that oh. he knew you yes. and that he used to go out with you and that you were one of the loveliest people he'd ever met. Hashtag Is this scoop. true? <laughs> Which bit? <laughs> I did go out with a guitarist called Richard. And it used to really bother him that we could just rock up. So I'd turn up to Bridget Jones, not necessarily knowing my lines, because the lines weren't their thing. It was knowing who you were and what your motivations were. And then, you know, and he used to have to practice five, six hours a day. And um, that... <laughs> to get booked to play in a shopping centre in Birmingham. And eventually... <laughs> That bothered him so much that he did dump me. Thank you. It's you know, lovely to bring it up. That's lovely. Uh, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. <laughs> Sally knows, obviously, did Bridget Jones, of which she was brilliant in. And um, I Thank got you, asked Veronica. to um, teach a little bit to Renny Zellweger how to do Judy Garland. And I was so excited because she... Um, when I first met her, I opened the door. She was so tiny. I just went, where are you? Oh, hey, oh. And I put her on my hand and she said, hi, Ronnie, you've never impersonated me, have you? And I went, no. I felt like a strange Gulliver travel person. But anyway, I fell in love with her and I thought she fell in love with me. And I told Sally, I said, I've got a new best friend. And you said, I don't think you're going to, do you remember, hear from I, her? I don't, I, no, I, I think she's nice. She's adorable. Are you trying to get me to say she's not nice? No, Here. I love Because I'm not going to. I love her too. I love her too, but I never... <laughs> she didn't love us enough to maintain contact. Her love. Neither of us. Her love. I think I, think I love just her. Got a, she's girls, a very busy lady. Girls, I just she's need to ask, busy. is there a therapist in the house at all? No, okay. Any more questions? Who has a question for one of these amazing people? Oh, over here. Yeah, we've got one. Very popular. Miranda, I don't, I don't think so. I think she should do the series or the the prequel with a different cast. I will tell you that all the cast of Miranda, bar me, blow off something chronic. <laughs> <laughs> the makeup room before going into Studio Six and the BBC, I mean, it was just so thick with green smog. 
I just think they all need to get tested for food intolerances because it wasn't normal. <laughs> At one stage, you're not you though. Not me. Actually, honestly, not me. Do I? No, no you don't. I don't. I'm practically French like that. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, where was the question over here? Um, what was it like on um, Friday night dinner? Oh, Friday night dinner. Well, I only did one episode and it was a completely brilliant series. And um, it was very funny. And I'll tell you about that one. I think Tamsin Gregg, who plays the mum, plays Jackie, can get a little bit lonely. And we were filming in December and she, because there's not many girls in it. So she was sat in the makeup truck with her own advent calendar. <laughs> She and the makeup girls were opening the advent calendar day by day to get through the month. And everyone else played boggle obsessively. And the thing, of course, that was really sad there is we didn't know that Paul Ritter was ill. He didn't know he was ill. He was complaining about headaches. But, um, yeah, so that's very, very sad. And I feel very lucky that I had a, had a chance to play with him. And, of course, uh, everyone loves Mark. He's hilarious, Jim. Hilarious, so funny. So it was very hard to cry and not laugh. And I had a lot of cream tea. <laughs> and the facilities, yes, yeah, so I spent a lot of time locked in toilets. <laughs> Have we got one last question? Who would like to have the final word? Anybody? Yep, up at the back oh yeah there's a mic coming your way put your hand back up again hi ladies hello everybody um i love a program called taskmaster god it is weird with this feedback sorry rachel you, you see what i mean it's it. bad isn't it yeah sorry <laughs> sally you were on it how was it and ladies any chance in future series Right, well, let's quick take a poll. Would you do it? Um, I, yeah, I would. I, I'm clumsy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I've forgotten how to be. This is what I mean. I'm, I'm forgetful and clumsy, so I think it'll be fun. I watch it with my children, and it's slightly terrifying, but also I would do it because I think it's the one thing I'd do that my children would actually watch me on. Harriet, would you do it? Darling, I say yes to everything. Of course you would. Ronnie? Yes, I'd do it. But uh, I, do you think I'd be all right? I'm not sure. you'd be awful. <laughs> I'll let him it know. It should be all the more entertaining. Possibly. <laughs> Sally, I, how was it? I absolutely loved it. I was going through quite a bleak time in my personal life, not Richard. <laughs> Another one. My husband had just left me. And so I didn't, I was in that kind of totally fearless, didn't care about anything. And it was just the best therapy ever. The only thing that was weird was once you go into the teams, I found it weird going back into doing solo stuff. So I had the best team of all Taskmaster time, I think Bob and Bob Mortimer and Ashling B. And it, that was just heaven. Um, so yeah, what a genius program. You've got a clever husband. And I, I'm so... Sorry, Rachel. Oh, yes. I've been waiting <laughs> for this moment, Sally. Which one are you I referring was... to? Which one? <laughs> what, for the... No, I think... I, don't I only apologise, really, for the special cuddle? 
I think he quite liked the special cuddles. I think I was more traumatized when you birthed him. (laughs) Well, I didn't literally birth him. I wrapped him in, I I put some stage blood and Vaseline over his body, wrapped him in cling film, and and we pushed him out through a child's tunnel. And on that beautiful (laughs) image that you can all hold for the rest of the weekend, I would like to say thank you very much to all of you for being here and to our fabulous panel of guests, Chaparak Corsandi, Harriet Thorpe, Ronnie Ancona and Sally Phillip. Yeah, what about that for a round of applause? Come on, one more time, the ladies and Rachel Horn. Yeah. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Funny Women with Chaparrette Cassandi, Harriet Thorpe, Ronnie Ancona and Sally Phillips in conversation with Rachel Horn, recorded at last year's Carfest. And if you'd like to come for similar and much more of it, then come to this year's Carfest. Check it out, carfest.org. 2023, over the August bank holiday weekend, August 25, 26 and 27. I would love to see you there.